0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we're talking about it right here on Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Burt Sheet Metal. will tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. Kyle and I got a chance to talk to Sam Vassini of The Athletic. He's also the host of of his own podcast that mainly focuses on the NBA and specifically the NBA draft. It's called The Game Theory. You should also check that out in your podcast player. Um, We specifically wanted to discuss BJ Boston. He did a nice write-up on The Athletic about the new UK commitment. And then we dove into some of the information on guys currently on the UK basketball roster. So let's jump into that conversation with Sam Vecini of The Athletic. Now joined on the podcast by Sam Vicini, Kyle's colleague at The Athletic, who recently published a piece on Kentucky commit B.J. Boston, so he thought we'd break down his game with him. How are you doing today, Sam?
1: Oh, I'm good, man. It's a foggy day out in L.A., but you know, hopefully hopefully some sunlight will get through.
2: Sam has gotten up at the crack of dawn out there to speak to us. It's 10.38 a.m. here, which means it's 7.38 a.m. out there, so I appreciate you, Sam. I think he's had three pots of coffee since he got up, so he could sound like an alive human. But uh, you you dove right in. You texted me right after um, Boston committed and told me you were going to take a deep dive into his game, and I was happy about that one because I was trying to wrangle two toddlers and didn't have time to write it myself, but I was glad that you did. So what? after looking at him, and you said right away you'd seen him some already, that he was one of your favorite prospects in this class. What about him— has kind of caught your eye.
1: So, yeah, he's. Uh, so, I saw him for the first time maybe uh, 14, 15 months ago, something like that. Um, he is, for me, one of the best long term prospects in this class. There are still some questions, and we'll get to those. But whenever I watched him the first time, my immediate reaction was just, oh, this guy looks like an NBA wing. Like, He does everything that an NBA wing does. He's 6'6". He has long arms. Um, He has great creativity. He moves fluidly. Just uh, everything about him when you watch his game kind of screams NBA wing to me. So uh, that's kind of my immediate reaction. And then he ends up going to Kentucky, which, uh, you know, you talk to NBA executives around, uh, you know, the – NBA around the league, I guess. There's not really a great way to phrase that, the way I started the sentence. But um, you talk to NBA executives, and they they are fans of guys who end up at Kentucky because they know that uh, they're going to be developed and they know that they're going to be emotionally mature by the time that they uh, get to college or get to the NBA. So uh, I I was a fan of this decision by Boston. Uh, I'm a fan of getting a chance to see him develop and grow and uh, see where his considerable talent level takes him because there really is a lot of potential here.
0: Well, let's break down his game a little bit. Um, One thing, reading through your article, that really stood out to me is his kind of off-ball ability. He doesn't have the ball in his hands to create offense. and You specifically kind of mentioned his cutting, which I think a lot of guys um, growing up don't don't take full advantage of.
1: Yeah, he's a ridiculous cutter. He is uh, just so, so smart. He, He doesn't really fall asleep off the ball. He's always trying to find that way to, uh, you know, create a little backdoor cut toward the basket. He played with uh, Sharif Cooper in AAU. Sharif is one of the best guards in that 2020 class, obviously. and uh, You know, he took full advantage of that. And whenever Sharif was driving, he knew exactly how to time is cut for whenever the help side rim protector would – go up and try and stop Sharif and Sharif is so good that he was just able to find that little uh passing lane and hit Boston at the basket for an open layup. He shot like seventy percent on cuts in AAU this year because he is so good at timing that little uh that little moment when the help side rim defender vacates the area and you know maybe, maybe it's that guy falling asleep, maybe it's him pushing up to try and guard a ball handler, maybe it's him having to go and close out on a weak side shooter because uh, you're a strong side shooter because the weak side end, or the strong side ends up kind of breaking down. Uh, you know he's so good at just timing that little cut that I think this is something that uh, John Calipari and the rest of that coaching staff is really, really going to enjoy.
2: We'll be talking to you, I'm sure, a lot more about what's next for Kentucky because I think. Boston is potentially the first domino in what will be a really good class for Kentucky. Yeah,
1: Um, you you and you and I both kind of think that it's shaping up that way. Like without like, because like I I don't live in that recruiting world, but like you kind of hear things, you know. Um, And it does seem like that's going to be the way this is going to go this year. That's going to be a really strong one.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to load up, but you know they've already got a bunch of new guys on campus this year, and those guys I know you've spent a lot of time already looking at and we'll spend this whole next year looking at uh, the freshman class in college basketball. Um, to you, um, well, well, we'll start with Ty. I was going to say who stands out the most. I assume it's Tyrese Maxey. So we'll start with him and then talk about some of the other guys. What? How much have you seen of Tyrese Maxey? Um, what do you like? What do you not like about his game?
1: Yeah, I've seen him a lot, um, multiple – Camps, multiple um, you know exhibition settings like McDonald's and Hoop Summit, uh, multiple AAU events. Like I've watched a lot of tape on him. Uh, I am a huge fan of Tyrese Maxey uh, because he is definitely more of a scoring guard than like a true point guard. I, I would not say that he is um, you know some incredible distributor or anything, but he is just such a polished scorer. Uh, he's really, really improved the jump shot. I remember he used to bring the jump shot like kind of to the side of his head whenever I first saw him maybe two years ago. And now it's just like a fluid one-motion jumper where I feel pretty good about it out to 25 feet uh, every single time. And then you throw in the fact that he grew up playing as a lead guard and has developed all the – little uh, ball handling tricks that you need to be able to attack defenses. He you knows how to play with the ball screen, knows how to uh, attack a closeout. He's really, really, over the course of the last year, maybe even like six months or so, developed and taken time to develop that in-between game, particularly with a lot of different floater options, a lot of different runners. Uh, just given how important those shots are, and given that, you know, the... College basketball three point line has moved back a little bit i I think that that area has a chance to open up a little bit more uh you know while the while the move back to the international line might not seem like a huge amount of space, it actually kind of is. Uh, and I think that is going to be a really good guard capable of taking advantage of that because the one thing that worries me is like he's not like a crazy athlete or anything. Uh, you know, He's not going to be able to finish at the rim, but what he's done is he's augmented that ability by adding that in-between runner game uh, so he doesn't have to get all the way to the rim. So, uh, yeah, I think there is genuinely a real chance he ends up in the top five pick. Uh, I-, I am a huge, huge fan. Uh, I-, I think I have him at like eight or nine right now on my board, something like that, maybe nine, probably right. the right call. But uh, yeah, I think that like the upside is really there. Like he is, he's awesome.
0: This edition of the show is brought to you by Burt Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Burt Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 colors, plus galvalume and economy grade with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birchsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H sheetmetal.com. i have also got bubble insulation, permafelt, sliding door tracks, and aluminum frame rails. Birch Sheet Metal is located in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birchsheetmetal.com. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. That's birch sheet metal. This is Locked On Kentucky,
1: your team every day.
0: Who is the next best as
2: as of this moment? Who's the next best pro prospect on this Kentucky roster? Uh, is it one clear guy, or is there two or three that are in that conversation?
1: Yeah, I think that I would feel probably most confident saying. Probably Khalil Whitney, if only due to upside, right? Um, you know, I'm not quite as high on Whitney as some people are, but, you know, he is a guy that most teams consider to be a one and done prospect. Um, six, seven, long arms, great athlete uh, in terms of what he can do in space, but I think that he is a little bit farther off than would have kind of said. Like, again, he's a guy I've seen. Pretty regularly now over the course of the last couple of years. And um, the thing that worries me most is kind of the ball handling in tight spaces. And I think that what the effect of that is, and just the consistency as a shooter, um, you know, he has games where he can really knock down shots and then games where it kind of uh, eludes him a little bit. Uh, it's just an overall consistency question. He's the guy in this class that I think, like, I look at and I go, oh, yeah, that guy has every tool in the book to be uh, a potential top 10 pick in the 2020 NBA draft, but we haven't seen it yet. Like he's the guy also that just becomes a bit too invisible from time to time. Uh, He he can really kind of, it's not like a Cam Reddish situation, but he can kind of just not be as, not be, I don't want to say it's an engagement thing. It's not, it's more of just like a, uh, he's not He's not making an impact on the game in the way that his talent level would dictate his ability to. And I often think that that does come back to just consistency in terms of ball handling and shooting, where guys who want to make an impact, where it's not an engagement issue, um, just don't really have the wherewithal to do it offensively yet, despite the fact that they have all of these outstanding physical tools.
0: Along those lines, talking a lot about tools. a guy going into last season that many people thought there was... A- potential to be the highest draft pick off the team was EJ Montgomery. Obviously didn't show that in college last season. I mean, what does he need to prove this year to kind of get back on those draft boards?
1: I mean, uh, the ability to stay on the court for one would be good. Um, you know, last year I thought that he really just struggled with knowing where to be at times, like just knowing uh, where he was supposed to be defensively, knowing uh, how to make an impact consistently on offense just through his athleticism. Uh, I think that the offensive stuff is going to come along. Uh, it would help him for sure if he could continue to show that he can knock down shots. Uh, that that was one thing that he did in AAU. You know, you would like occasionally... Maybe him take like, a couple threes last year. But um, if he could like step out and knock down threes, you know, he probably would be an NBA player. But I-, I am still a little bit hesitant based off of what we saw last year. Uh, it's only because while the tools are there, I, I want to see him just consistently be in the right spot more often. I want to see him uh, be able to make an impact uh, on a possession-by-possession basis.
0: Circling back uh, to B.J. Boston, because I find, uh, and I'm sure you will as well, uh, the circus that is potentially going to be around Sierra Canyon, where he's going to be playing next year, I mean, LeBron's got a ton of press recently uh, for dunking in layup lines. One, do you think he'll be dunking in the high school layup line? And then, uh, two, how do you think that team will fit together out there with Boston on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be making some trips up to Chatsworth, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh we got uh, B.J. Boston, Zaire Williams, Zaire Wade, Bronny, um, Amari Bailey's on this team now. It's like, I mean, this team is absurd in terms of talent. Heron Frank's like another top 100 recruit in the 2020 recruiting class. Um, I, I don't really know how it's going to all function. I mean, I, I would think that, that you know, well. Bronny will probably play some, but, like, I also think Bronny is probably – uh you know i i I don't mean this to disparage him as a prospect. he's just also like a freshman but yeah. and he's behind like three other guards that are. Uh, you know, five-star, four-star kids in that class. Like he's probably their seventh best player, which is kind of crazy. To say. Uh, and Williams are definitely the two best players on the team. Uh, Boston's probably a little bit more polished at this stage, and I think polish can get you a little bit farther in regard to just high school basketball, right? So I, I would venture that Boston's probably going to be their best player, but we'll mm-hmm. see.
0: Sport of Locked On Kentucky comes to you from Manscaped, who is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Take. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code N.
1: You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: I was talking to somebody about this, and I almost feel like this is ridiculous, but I can't phrase it. I can't compare it to a college team because I feel like there will be severed, several uh, college teams that will get less coverage than this high school team. Who gets more coverage? Uh, so, so I'll phrase it like this. Who gets more coverage next year, Sierra Canyon or the Orlando Magic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, probably the Magic. but like... <laughs> Not a sure thing. <laughs> um if they may if the Magic make the playoffs again, uh, it might be tight. Or if they don't make the playoffs again, it might be tight. Um yeah, Sierra Canyon in terms of like internet coverage, yeah, it's gonna be insane. Like I I honestly can't remember a situation quite like it because we have Dwayne Wade's kid, LeBron James's kid, both of whom, you know, I, I told you yesterday, Kyle, like I actually think Zire Wade's like kinda underrated a little bit. Yeah. Um like I think he's like a low, high major, like, player, kind of, um, you know, like, uh, trying to throw out, so, like, Dwayne's from DePaul, so, like, DePaul, I think, is, like, a, you know, a good landing spot for him, or, um, you know, like, Fred Hoiberg, like, getting him to Nebraska, I think he has an offer from Nebraska, like, th- those are the schools that I think should be calling on, like, Zaire Wade, and he's, like, outside of the top 300 in terms of recruiting rankings, so, um, you know, you have those two kids who are both really good in their own right, and then you have at least three other five-star kids, you know, in varying classes, it's just going to be kind of a mess, I feel like, of coverage. And it's like the perfect Internet age thing Mm -hmm. where, you know, people who are super big fans of LeBron obviously are going to care about the kid. And LeBron is kind of not doing anything to tamp down the hype. No, he isn't. uh, Surrounding Bronny, like he's really just kind of kicking it into gear um you know tweeting out uh, you know everything that Bronny does and you know great proud dad moment but um i i, I hope that that continues to work out because i, I think lebron probably looks at it from the perspective of oh yeah like i got attention from the time i was 12 years old like it didn't really matter didn't affect me it didn't matter uh, you know i trust lebron's parenting skills and he's gone through it as much as anyone um and should be able to, you know, impart the right lessons to Bronny. But every kid's different. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel great about it. I'll say <laughs> that. Like, I don't feel great about a 14-year-old kid getting this kind of attention.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the wonders of of uh, of all time in sports, just uh, almost com- unbelievable, is that LeBron was so well adjusted and did handle it being covered yeah. that way. And, he, and, and honestly, he didn't really start being covered that way until he was, like, 16 years old. Right. Uh, in,
1: in this way? Yeah. Yeah, I
2: mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't 14 years old, and there is a difference. <laughs> um, right. And, and, and he's unique in being able to handle it. I mean, I don't think very many other people could have been covered the way LeBron was, being on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a junior in high school um, and come out of it you know,
1: back when Sports the, Illustrated like really mattered, right?
2: Well, yeah, um, and come out of it the way he did, and so, uh, but but he was also a transcendent talent to have that of knowing you might not be that transcendent of a talent. Uh, now he could become that, but as of this moment, Bronny James is not a like mega elite player, but he's getting mega elite player coverage because his dad's out there. As a one of the all time greatest players, going through his layup lines, putting on dunk shows, and put being a spectacle on the sidelines, um, yeah, I think it I'm with, like I'm with goes you.
1: to show how much bigger like LeBron is than, for instance, like Zyre or uh, Dwayne Wade, right? Like, yeah, the the amount of from Bronny to Zyre Wade is like staggering to me in a way. Um, like, it really shows, like, Wade is probably one of the 20 best players of all time, and there is just such a chasm of difference in terms of, like, how much people care about LeBron versus how much people care about Dwayne Wade. Like, yeah, that, it, that, that is <laughs> the part of this that is just, like, the most staggering. Yeah, that's me. a great point. Um,
2: and it's also, like, it's like a it's like a microcosm of what it's like to play with LeBron. Like, no matter how good you are or how big a deal you are, LeBron is still the show. Like... Anthony is always the show, and like, you know, if you're if you're Dwayne Wade's kid, and then LeBron James kid comes on the team, you're getting no attention. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's crazy, yeah.
1: It really is. It really is. Like, uh, you know, it's funny, Anthony. I've had like Lakers fans like ask me, "Oh, yeah, like oh, this is going to be Anthony Davis's team now, right?" And <laughs> I'm like, "No, it's not. Not as long as LeBron James is on it, yeah. like." They're like, why wouldn't Kawhi Leonard want to join this team? Well, because it's always going to be LeBron's team. Like Kawhi Leonard is better than LeBron at basketball now, but that's not the way the team dynamic will work.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Well, Sam, appreciate your time so much. Uh,
1: Sam underscore Vicini at the athlete, or uh, Sam underscore on Twitter. It's still so early, guys. It's like <laughs> it's a good it's a good seven fifty out uh, here now. And, good times. Uh, my my brain is still trying to work it, but. Uh, yeah, go to Sam underscore at Twitter. Follow me at the Athletic. You know, follow Kyle at the Athletic. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And what's and your
2: what's your podcast? Let people know you have, uh, you have a great show of your <laughs> yeah, own. That's,
1: that's good too. Go to uh, it's the Game Theory Podcast uh, on all of the great podcasting platforms that you use. Um, yeah, no, just go uh, go subscribe to that, and that'd be great.
2: Awesome, thanks, Sam. Appreciate you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you too, guys. Thanks again to
0: Sam for jumping on this edition of the show. Please go check out his work. I really enjoy his Game Theory podcast. Uh, extensive breakdowns of all the NBA draft coverage and uh, in look into kind of how the NBA pieces fit together. Obviously, there's a, Kentucky, a ton of Kentucky pieces now in the NBA, so they're often um, discussed on there. And read his work on The Athletic in addition to reading Kyle's work on that fabulous website. You can follow the show on social media. We are at LockedOnUK on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow Kyle and I individually. Kyle is on Twitter at Kyle Tucker, Tucker underscore A-T-H. I am at Curtis Birch B-U-R-C-H, um, on Twitter and Instagram as well. If you're on Instagram, I guess if following the show, you can give me a follow as well. Not a ton of sports content on my Instagram, but... Hey, I if you follow if y'all follow me on there, then maybe I can get up to influencer status and get deals and give out personal promo codes and whatnot and, you know, do nice captions with the sunset in the background and get you all motivated on IG. So feel free to do that. The most important thing you can do though is subscribe to this podcast and then you need to share the podcast. That's how Really spread the word. Tell somebody about it. Just search Locked On Kentucky on any podcast player they have. And then once they do that, hit subscribe. You can share on your social media, in person, in text. Anyway, just spread Locked On Kentucky. Who's somebody else who would enjoy. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And thank the Birch Sheet Metal for sponsoring this edition of the show. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky,
1: available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. You there, bud? Yeah, I'm okay. here. What's going on? Oh, that was
2: weird. Well, we had, like, some weird thing with the mixing board. It was, we, like, tried every button known to man to get it to stop buzzing. and then we Oh, tried, yeah. Then we kept calling you, and it sounds like your voicemail says Shane.
1: I don't even have a voicemail, like, thing set up so that was definitely not me.
2: That's really, I
1: mean, hold on.
2: So when that was ringing through three times in a row, it rang through to a voicemail, and it would say, leave a voicemail for it. Shane. That's so that's weird. That's really weird, right? I mean.